0: Hi, everybody. This is Vijay here with the Indian Diaspora podcast. Uh, we are on episode 26 today, and we have a very special uh, set of guests lined up uh, for today's episode. Uh, we wanted to get more female representation in our in our discussions, uh, as you can imagine, in the last 25 episodes that we've done. It's really been a, a view from the four of us, all four guys who came to the U.S. or U.K. or different parts of the world uh, after graduating IIT. And uh, it's been uh, probably the viewpoints shared have been very uh, one sided and we felt like it's time to even the field and uh, try to bring in uh, our spouses and friends who uh, have probably experienced the whole immigration, the whole immigration process in a very different way, uh, acclimatization to the different cultures of the countries that we've gone to. And we wanted to get those viewpoints in as well. So we are very excited to uh, bring in today, uh, my wife. Uh, who lives in, along with me in Connecticut. We have Shashi's wife, Swastika, who's also on the call today. Uh, we have a good friend, Nathan's wife, Karishma, here. Uh, They're in Arizona. And we're struggling to get uh, Neeraj's wife, Sonia, on the call, but he's trying. So if she's able to join us, that'll be great, or she'll definitely join us in a later episode. Uh, today, we wanted to really talk about immigration, the whole process of coming into the country and uh, the difficulties faced. In that process, uh, as you may recall, we had Episode 17, where we had a guest, Kej Anduri, who came in and talked about uh, the whole process of immigrating to the U.S., going back to India, and now he's moved to the U.K., and he started talking about some of the difficulties of navigating that process, and then we followed that with Episode 18, where the four of us talked about our individual experiences of uh, stepping out of India and uh, going to different parts of the world. And we realized that uh, during that episode that we were talking a little bit about Uh, our spouses experiences but it was all second hand and we uh, quickly realized that we were not very qualified to talk about it. So today we want to jump into that and without further ado I'm going to start bringing in our guests and uh, let's see where this goes. So let's start with (laughs) Ketki, my wife. Uh, Let's see what she has to say about it. So Ketki, talk about your uh, experience of moving to the U.S. and how it's been.
1: Thanks, Vijay. And it's really great to be part of this podcast here with uh, Sashi, Vishwas, and Neeraj. Uh, also very nice to have Karishma and Swastika and meet them um, after a very long time talking to you, Swastika. So I'll start with when I first came to US, uh, I had a admission in Drexel University in Philadelphia and had a I-20F and visa at the same time same year I had also qualified to participate in a world bridge championship uh, on Indian team so it was I had a visa to Canada landed in Boston stayed at my cousin's house for a week and then headed north went to Hamilton uh, and played my tournament there was there for about 10 days I go back to the airport to come back to U.S., and as I go through immigration, I am being asked, okay, so here is your passport. Okay, I see you have a visa, but where is your I-20? I'm like, oh, I did not know. I need an I-20 <laughs> to go back. I left it at my cousin's house, and there's a, there's a little bit of chatter between the immigration officers, and obviously, I feel like I'm in trouble. I'm not going to be able to go back to U.S., Don't know anybody in Canada either. So I'm like, oh, do I have to stay at the airport now for a couple of days? What am I going to do? And after a while, the officer comes back. She was a nice elderly, motherly lady. And she's like, you know, you know that you're supposed to bring it, dear. And you why didn't I don't know how you didn't bring it. But this time I'm going to let you go back. But next time you leave the country, make sure you take your I-20. Nobody's going to let you go back. And I was just shocked. I can't even believe in 2023 or even 10 years after 1997 that it would have been possible. But I was very lucky. And that was my first kind of encounter with immigration where I I had started planning, you know, what is my next steps and how am I going to get out of this? I had to call my cousin. But, you know, came back, went to school. But that has stuck with me all these years things have changed so drastically in immigration policies since then. But that was my first um, experience.
0: And Kitki after that, uh, just talk at a high level about how it's been in the last, since you got in in 1997, just uh, what your overall journey has been. I guess now we are uh, US citizens, but what...
1: Right. So um, I came to uh, do my master's. I actually ended up... Transferring into UMass Boston, so I could stay close to my cousins at their house. In some ways, I was lucky to have family. I didn't have to figure out housing. Um, I didn't have to figure out necessarily everything was new, but I had family who was there to guide me. But like a lot of other episodes where you guys have uh, referred to this, we all came from humble beginnings and the biggest struggle was the financial struggle, right? Haven't taken loan for the studies. And I come from a family of tough love. And my cousins are there. We are here for your moral support, but this is not a free ride. So you're going to stay with us, but this is what we go- you're going to pay us monthly. And you're not going to pay us right now, but when you get a job, you're going to have to back pay us. And in some ways, I am thankful for that kind of tough love because it made me more determined to do my best. And, you know, they were very kind enough to even signed, co-sign a student loan. You know, you you probably know when you take loans in India, the interest rates are like uh, upwards of 50, 15%. If I remember correctly, it was 18%. But in the US, the, the uh, loan terms are more favorable, especially student ones. So I was lucky in that sense that I had family who supported me uh, but also kind of helped me grow. Um, so graduated, had started working. Uh, getting work visa wasn't as much, didn't take as long as it does today. So I had my H1, uh, the key to having a job. At that time, I didn't really think that I'll live here forever, but it was important to work here so I can pay back my loans. Yeah, uh, It's much easier to earn. The earning potential is higher here so I can pay back my loans before I go back to India. And one thing led to another. Vijay and I met, got married. Um, And at that time, Vijay's uh, green card application was fast-tracked. So it was easy for me to kind of stop my application through my work and just add my name to Vijay. So in some ways, um, I had support. There were new things to learn. But I was also very excited to learn, so yeah, it's it's. I still think of it as good challenges, fond memories.
0: Thanks. That's that's a great story. And by the way, I only learned about your Canada reentry experience uh, <laughs> today from you on this on this podcast. So that shows how utterly unqualified I am to talk about any of this. So, uh, but the overall experience. Of your, hey, Vijay, hey, hey, uh, you know, that's fantastic. Matters the <laughs> yes. so podcast
2: actually brings <laughs> you new that's information
0: that's right that's right I need to sit down and talk to my wife more Vijay so <laughs> no, no, just
1: needs story. better memory or better listening,
0: yeah, listening skills. <laughs> anyway so thanks Ketki great introduction and plenty to go from, from that point so Let me now bring in another uh, one of our guests, Uh, Karishma, since you're also in the U.S., maybe you can talk a little bit about uh, your early experiences and what it's been like since. since... Uh,
3: Thank you so much, Vijay, for the invite, and so nice to meet everybody on the podcast. I wish I had an exciting story as Kedki, but my story is a pretty typical Indian way of coming to the U.S. I came from a very protected environment. My parents, knew my husband Nitin's family very well and uh, they introduced us, got married. I had never been out of India ever. Coming to the US was my first experience leaving India. I had no idea. Just watching some series on like TV and just reading was exactly what I knew about the US. But I was very fortunate. Uh, Nitin had been here. He came to study with you guys and uh, he got a job and his he was on a fast track he waited till we we were engaged for about a year and a half so he waited for us to get married and then he applied for his green card so we were very fortunate we had a green card by um, i think within nine months but the only uh, tough part i remember for me was i was a very i was very independent in india i could drive and everything when i moved to the us i had no I- like we had no idea about the DMV system how it worked so nithin took me to the DMV, I gave a written test and we lived in South Carolina, Greenville, South Carolina at that time. And I had no idea that you have to, once you do your written test, you have to work, uh, you have to wait for three months before you can give a road test in that time, this is in 98. So we, I actually had to wait for three months and that was like, I would say the worst period because I couldn't go out. I was totally housebound, nithin was working like crazy. But within three months, I got my license and it just changed my entire experience in the U.S. And till now, it's been totally amazing. I'm very fortunate to be here and to call America my home now. Of course, I do miss my family and everybody who's back home. But this has been my story so far.
0: Great story, Karishma. And quite different, right? So you had to also figure out, as you said, because you... Uh, had to just wait till you got your license and then figure out how to assimilate in the culture here and all that. So there's plenty there that we want to explore with you because, uh, (laughs) as you said, you were first time also leaving the country, right?
3: Yes, absolutely. Another thing I would say, I, I remember when I came here, everybody was very nice. So that really helped in settling and, you know, getting like I really enjoy I've moved a lot in the US. So every city has been a different experience and I've learned a lot from every city and state, I would say.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely explore some of that. Great. Thanks, uh, Karishma. And now let's bring in uh, Swastika. You're in London. Uh, Shashi told us about uh, in our immigration episode a lot about the process there and the differences. Uh, I would would even say that he made us somewhat jealous of some of the way things (laughs) are done in the UK. So let's let's hear how it's been for you. Uh, Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, sure, Vijay. So first of all, at the outset, uh, I would like to thank you, Vijay, Vishwas, Neeraj, and Shashi for inviting the spouses on your podcast. It's great to be here and to be part of today's discussion. So, um, so yeah, um, unlike uh, in uh, U.S. where you have this uh, uh, work visa kind of a uh, an issue where you have to get the H-1 uh, visa, uh, in UK if you're if you're on a dependent visa then uh, you automatically get a right to work here so I must say that I was very lucky that I did not have to face any such kind of a challenge here in UK because Shashi was on work permit and it automatically you know trans gave me the right here to work so so I had a, a you know no issue no challenges on on of that nature you know when it came to uh, immigration or any kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, getting uh, uh, a work visa here in UK. So that was not a big challenge here at my end. I was very lucky.
0: Yeah, that that is something that we were talking yeah. about also, which made it, you know, we were talking about how <laughs> it is here for a lot of spouses, mm-hmm. especially when they land and they're not on the, you know, H4, et cetera, can put a lot of constraints, whereas it looks mm-hmm. like in the UK you have a system that allows you to, you know, Find your feet and, and start exploring employment opportunities. Can you talk a little bit of how that? Uh... Are you still there? I was just asking, sort of, once you figured out you wanted to. Yeah, sure, that. So
2: talk. yeah, so so Vijay, I uh, like Karishma. I, um, coming to UK was for my first time here traveling uh, outside of india for the first time and uh, and and not for holiday but was setting up uh, coming here and settling down permanently and uh, since chashi was in consulting and uh, i think so he also moved from us to uk and uh, and i think so his firm uh, you know provided all the the the, the visa set, uh, provided the, the the work permit for the uk And I think so that went pretty much all fine with him. And uh, and when I moved here, uh, 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 as you know, Shashi was also traveling extensively. And so I decided that I should work here. And then, of course, it was then I uh, came to know that there would be no issues in terms of my work visa requirement. And I think so post that, of course, there were other set of challenges which came in. Uh, I, I'm not sure whether at this point, Vijay, you want me to uh, speak on that. or uh, I mean, so there was a very smooth transition, Vijay, in case of my work visa. I mean, so there was no requirement as such. The moment you show that you are on a dependent visa, you automatically, there's, there's no objection from any employer. So it was absolutely very seamless and there was no problem at all, as I said.
0: Yeah, you can, you can jump into the other things you also wanted to quickly highlight some of the things that come to mind.
2: Yeah, yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, so uh, you. So, I, I, I was working in India, and I was working for a non-banking financial company in treasury in India. And over here, as soon as I, I mean, so of course, I was all alone, and you know, I thought the best way to come to know the people, the culture, the city was to uh, get a, myself a job and get myself more engaged and uh, and slowly as i uh, you know started to send my cvs across the recruitment consultants and and that's the time when i came across uh, certain challenges in terms of the indian degrees and the indian experience which was not translating into a job and i think so that's that's the place uh, because uh, i think so they were not able to recognize my experience back in india and i think so that was a challenge which i started to encounter and uh, the system over here was quite pedantic. Uh, there was more focus on looking for UK experience, uh, uh, predominantly uh, in sectors which you have uh, already worked. It was very sector specific. And uh, so I think so. this was the kind of challenge which I actually encountered when I was trying to look for a job. And so uh, I thought the best way, the best way forward would be myself getting, uh, maybe doing another degree. And I enrolled myself in a master's program at London School of Economics. And I thought it would be best that, you know, it would be a conduit for me to get a good employment. And of course, the other other things which I had in mind, getting to know people and culture and various other things. And, and, and I think so, uh, yeah, I finished my master's degrees thinking that this would be a passage for employment and I could, you know, uh, get into a job. But I think so. I was quite lucky in that manner that, you know, somebody uh, just happened to tell me about a position in a bank. Uh, There was a need of people and, uh, and I happened to apply over there. And that was my first foot in the door of employment. I got my first job. And I think so ever since that job, there has been no looking back after that.
0: Yeah, I think it's so. The it's really fascinating to hear about the difficulty of uh, the portability of degrees from India and perhaps even some of the work experiences and uh, how that plays into the whole employment process. It's also interesting to hear the word pedantic being used by you because there is, there are some cultural differences in how some of this works out uh, between the U.S. and other parts of the world. We tend to see the U.S. being, in some ways, much more flexible. Uh, you know, the immigration process is tougher but the whole employment process tends to be more flexible if you can comply with the rules and everything so really fascinating to hear your experience so let's jump in a little bit more with all of you and again now this is going to be uh, fairly free for all you guys can jump in as you know just unmute and and talk Uh, but maybe the first thing we'll talk about a little bit is uh, coming from India and sort of settling in in a different part of the world uh, talk a little bit about what it took to acclimatize uh, with your local environment and some of the things you experienced, which uh, uh, maybe have uh, challenged you or evolved you over the years, so feel free to jump in and and talk about that. Who, who wants to go first? Maybe Swastika, since you're already uh, unmuted. You yeah. Can talk a little bit. Over-
2: sure. So, I think so the first thing that uh when i when we moved here, I think so we had apart from all this uh uh i mean say we, priorities was to get into a job and things like that, but the other things which also came all, uh, in our minds was also the place where you want to live and uh where which part of the city you want to live, and I think so that is also very important because. You have kids, small, small children and how you would like to juggle, you know, somebody going to pick up from the nursery. Somebody has to be like commuting far or somebody would be closer to the workplace. So all of these, you know, uh, these uh, have to be answered. These are the questions which come to your mind as to which part where would be the the uh, the uh, which part of the city would be ideal for you to live. I think so. that's that's that came into our mind. I think so. this is you have to figure out. Where do you want to live in the city? Which part of the city? Which is best suited? Where you want to put uh, stay put? The other piece, other piece, as you know, uh, as we were on family way, as our kids came along, I think so. The other other issues were around the family support system. I think so that uh, you need to be uh, you know with no support at hand. How to manage that? I think so. That was another very difficult part. Uh, and it helps us uh, you know understanding our partners well, uh, working in partnership, more collaboration because we have to juggle with so many work, family uh, you know etc so I think so that, that was another uh, major challenge the of course work related or whatever you can say uh, part of inclusion which which, uh, which I feel that that was again uh, of one, ma- one major thing on uh, the inclusion, knowing the culture. Uh, without diluting your hours and like for, I'll give an example like you know while, while I was working I mean so there's a strong pub culture here in UK where people tend to socialize and if you're not a drinker I'm a teetotaller and you know if you're not into drinking then it becomes very difficult to stand like couple of hours just talking you know I think so this is something uh, you know uh, work wise it may look as that you're not a team player you may be looked as you know I mean, it's just a way to know people and, you know, you may lose opportunities in work because this is how culturally, you know, you get to know various other people, even outside your work as well. So, so this this kind of inclusion, I think, so that's a, another major challenge that you, you, you come across. And of course, uh, as you mentioned earlier, even getting acclimatized, you know, the first thing uh, I was hit when I landed, I landed in UK, it was, I still remember... Very vividly about the cold morning when our flight landed here uh, in London, and uh, uh, and uh, and soon I realized the days was very short. The summers summer days are long. You have the clocks going backward and forwards, which I was actually not used to. You know, I, I, I didn't even know. And the weather is so uh, you know uh, unpredictable here in no uh, in here in UK. So trying to all of these small little things, you know, it just the, you know you start learning and navigate and trying to, uh, you start learning and try to navigate through the system. And of course, uh, in that way, you know, you have a different kind of experience, very different. Like I'll say that even I was not exposed to the, uh, uh, even the, uh, I I was brought up, uh, my father was in a legal profession. I was so much used to seeing my father back home at 5, 5.30, you know, at home and me coming back at work around that time. And here I was in London and my husband was traveling so extensively that, you know, it, that I, I was not able to see him. And he was, uh, you know, so it was very difficult and being all alone. And, uh, you know, I think so that was some of the most uh, difficult part at the beginning when I moved here in UK.
0: Now, there's, there's a lot that, that's, that we resonate with because there's a lot of cross experiences here. I think the one that I... Well, I'll say two things based on what you just said, Swastika. One is uh, you mentioned a bunch of things around kids, best part of city and stuff like that. And I'll be frank, at least myself, my filter is not so strong on those things. Katie is the one who carries more of the mental load on some of those things just because she thinks about it more. And, you know, I think the spouses do tend to be uh, the people who carry a little bit of that mental load more than the guys. Uh, you know, And hopefully we, we do our best to stay up uh, with that. But the other piece that you mentioned around pub culture is very interesting. Uh, and I'm sure kathy will talk about that too, because... Uh, Kiki's also doesn't drink, and uh, in in the work environment, that can sometimes be the kind of challenges you just mentioned. Before I, I jump to somebody else, I wanted to also just quickly ask uh, if you had one or two really fantastic sort of positives on your experience. What would you say in your early days? What are the things you really look back and say, "Wow, those were great. These are the things that I really enjoyed uh, when I moved uh, out of India."
2: I think so. Uh, London as a city gave me an independence. I think so I relish that a lot and I still continue to relish a lot. I still don't drive and I don't have a driving license, just to tell you, <laughs> I, I don't drive at all. And I dread to drive. But here, because of such a great uh, uh, you know transport system, I'm so independent. And I think so being brought up in a very conservative environment back in India, I mean, it's a very protective environment, not say conservative, but let's put it as a very protective environment Where you have people around going with you always and being there and being guided i think so uh, being in london and being all alone at the initial stages i think so it just helped me to grow myself Uh, i think so how i have evolved myself is i can look back and see that you know uh, moving and uh, i mean being uh, the city trained me to be independent to to fetch fetch for your own things I think so that is what I've learned and I and I, I still, uh, I relish that, you know, I, I still relish and continue to relish and, and proud to make you London as my home now.
0: Very, very fascinating and, you know, you're probably amongst the few who ended up in a big city <laughs> and have been embedded in a big city because uh, some of us are so used to the whole uh, American way of being out, outside with independent homes and sort of more rural, well, I won't say rural but suburban settings. Uh, it's so different so great to hear those insights swastika all right let me jump to uh, kitty i saw that you were trying to unmute at some point so uh, let's jump to you tell us a little bit about uh, your experiences similar to what
1: yeah uh, a lot i could relate to swastika as you were uh, describing your experience as well as uh, Kareshma when you were talking about uh, landing in u.s in a new place trying to find a way to be more independent and and um, being able to move around on your own uh, while nothing was traveling or working. Um, I will maybe stick to some of my student experience because, you know, um, just so not to repeat something very similar to what uh, Swastika you're saying. A couple of things that stand out. Um, you know, I ended up after a couple of semesters, I went to WPI, Wooster Polytechnic Institute. So there I actually stayed with Um, I moved away from my cousin's place and I stayed with other roommates. Actually, I ended up staying with Caucasian roommates uh, further away from the campus because it was more affordable. Um, But there there was an Indian association, uh, student association. So in, in that sense, I found community there. Uh, we even did uh, Diwali function, uh, I'm from Gujarat, and as you know, the folk dance of Gujarat is Garba, we even presented Garba with few other Gujarati students, so in some ways I found uh, other people uh, si- with similar uh, background and kind of, uh, you know, working towards a future that felt very similar aspirations, right? Um, in, in terms of in those days, again thinking about challenges, honestly, um, I come back to the same challenges. I had to be very mindful um, that I had a student loan, so it was finance was the biggest challenge. So it was very very conservative in what I could spend on. Used to do a lot more cooking. Used to carry food to school. You know, just didn't didn't have money. Um, how they say when you're young, you have time but no money. Now you have money and no time, kind of thing. Uh, I definitely lived that. Um, but talking about a fun story, I still remember. You know, I grew up in Gujarat, very warm. I had never seen snow, and I was in Boston area. So my first winter, 1997. I was still living with my cousins, and I used to be outskirts in suburb of Boston, and I had to go to UMass Boston. Uh, Luckily, at that time, I was near a city. I used to take the train to go to my college. Uh, From my cousin's house, it was about a half a mile walk, maybe a little bit more, a kilometer walk to the train station. And then I I had a monthly pass. I would just go, and then I'd come back. And two days a week, my classes used to end at 9 And by the time I got home with all the transfers and all, it would be 10 p.m. And the first and my cousins are early to bed, early to rise people. So by the time I came at 10, everybody was in bed. The first time it snowed, it was the first time my cousin was up waiting for me because she wasn't sure how I'll manage walking through the snow. And there were no cell phones. like I was not going to call her. I do have a little bit of streak of adventure in me and I was actually so excited to see snow. And I come out of the train station. I, that was like the best day, like the talking about the joy of seeing the snow and walking through the snow. And when I get home and she's like, are you okay? How was it? I'm like, are you kidding me? That was so fun. I'm going to go back again tomorrow. So that was, that was a, that was a fun little episode. Um, did you want me to talk a little bit more about later? Um, sure, sure. Yeah,
0: go ahead.
1: Yeah. Um, I can relate to a lot of what you said, um, swastika, about kids. It's That is one really difficult aspect of being an immigrant. Um, you don't have that much of a support system around you, right? And, and we have two kids. Both of us had Jobs and careers. Um, you have kids going to daycare. Kids get sick. Then you get sick. You you know nowadays you can do remote, remote work, but you know twenty years ago there wasn't a concept of remote work per se. Um, and you're juggling between um, taking holidays, uh, t- using uh, sick time and holidays to take care of your kids. Then you also have to save holidays to go to India. And you we basically didn't take any time off. You know, you worked pretty much worked all the time and saved all your vacation so you can go to India for two weeks. Uh, and then you take turns to take care of your child. You have to be very timely. You have to drop off the kids to daycare and pick them up. So that's, you know, in hindsight, sometimes I almost marvel at how much we, you know, we used to work around the clock. How did we do it? Like, I feel I can't do it now, but I'm also older, 20 years older. Um, but it's not a unique story. You know, all our friends had to do the same thing. You know, we were there for each other, but that was pretty common as an immigrant family with both sources working. So that was challenging. Um I was lucky at some point, my brother also came to U.S. for studying It wasn't that close, but at least a couple of hours away. So we we at least had family and felt like we had, you know, parents were not here, but at least felt there was that support, uh, although they had similar lives too, jobs and kids. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a combination, challenges as well as um, um, joys. I cannot, we actually did go back to India for three years. And it was the first time, you know, we. it was almost like, how do we feel? Like, can this be a long-term uh, home? And uh, the sense of independence, and I, I always had a streak of independence, but I also like to run. And in India, I did not feel safe running on my own on the roads. I had to go with a friend. And the sense of freedom... Being able to run uh, around our house with beautiful blue skies, no no pollution, and not feeling like somebody is going to um, eve tease me or just not feeling unsafe that's that's huge. I, I, and once we lived in India for three years, it became very clear to us that you know U.S. is home for us. So, Katie, talk a little
4: bit about your motivations to come back to the U.S., because you spent quite a long time in India.
1: Yeah, Sashi, that's going to be, <laughs> that can fill up a full uh, episode. Uh, it was a very rich experience. Um, just to kind of highlight a couple, um, mindful of time here, we Vijay and I found out, uh, you know, you learn about yourself when you move to different environments, and we realized that the way the society works in India, we don't know how to deal with it. And we don't want to even learn how to deal with it, you know. Um, And some of the things that really touched our hearts is just how um, hierarchical the society is, and might is right kind of thing. So too many experiences there to really delve into it. And, and what I just mentioned, you know, being able to I mean, I did run a marathon in India, but I always ran with a friend. I never felt that I could go out on my own and run. If I was running on my own, I would just stay inside the colony. If I had to do a long run, I will find a friend. I just did not feel safe in India, you know, and that was a big deal, too.
0: Yeah, and uh, I'll attest to the. And it's not like the feeling of sa- lack of safety was just because of an internal feeling. There were incidents that happened around a community. Uh, half the community was expatriate, and we had heard. You know, it, it used to be a lot of people who were runners or very active. We even had you know somebody who did Iron Man and stuff like that, and we we had heard of incidents, which made it very clear that uh, anytime you ran outside the walls of the community, you had to have company uh, if you were a woman. So. I, you know, I was going to actually go there in terms of uh, Kate Key, but you, I think Shashi asked a good question and I will round uh, out that question with the others too shortly. So uh, thanks so much. That was, that was uh, uh, very detailed and helpful and more to explore for sure. Let me now bring in Karishma. She's had quite a different experience from, from both of you. So let's hear how it's been for you, Karishma, and tell us a little bit about how you uh, settled in and some of your good and bad experiences and generally uh, sort of.
3: Uh, Swasika and Kate Keats, I haven't met you both, but it's so nice to hear about your experiences. Uh, as I said, I came to the U.S. in 1999 and uh, Nitin was very busy. He was working for, uh, they were launching the X5 for BMW and he was gone. He would leave early in the morning. He would come back late in the night because it was a planned job. And uh, Nitin's boss was very fond of him and his wife actually took me under her wings. So she was very, she. They actually exposed me to the American culture a lot. It uh, I spent a lot of time uh, with uh, Cheryl, that's her name, and uh, she would take me around Greenville, show me, think like the stores and everything. And uh, I remember I used to be so fascinated with the grocery stores because in India you just get one kind of orange juice or milk, and when I came to the U.S., I was like, oh my gosh. There is like 2% milk, 1% whole milk. I was totally blown away. I'd never seen anything like that before. So it was really fun. And then uh, we, went to, we went back to India for a green card. We came back. I became pregnant. I was not working at that time. But I decided to join the teaching profession. So I am a Montessori teacher by, educate, by education and profession. I uh, conceived, I had my, son, uh, uh, we had our oldest son. And Nitin decided to go back to business school. So I, we took our older son, adyan uh, He was a year old and we went to uh, to Durham. And uh, again, I would say people have been so nice. Like we've moved so much. Every, every city has a different experience for me. I have learned so much from every experience. I think um, uh, being from the forces, like Nitin's dad was in the army. My dad was in the air force. We are very adventurous by nature. We don't, we are not scared of moving to a different place. So we have moved quite a bit since we got married. And uh, we've been fortunate. Nitin has had great experiences and uh, they have, thanks to those job experiences, we've moved from one place to the other, which has helped me to build relationships and friendships in different cities. I have a lot of American and Indian friends. I remember when we moved to Greenville, South Carolina, that was the first city I came to. And, uh it was just strange. I was looking for that Indian culture and Nitin took me to the Indian temple. And that's where I met a lot of Indian friends and I'm still in touch with them. And, and then I think um, it's about the children. Like when the children, uh, older son came along, we always tried to find Indian circles. We had a lot of like Atlanta is where I can call it as home because we lived there for nine years. We had a great, strong network. Our friends were family. They're still family for us. And it's just strange. Our children never had Indian friends. Like all circles we had, the children were either older than Adyantar are in or they were younger. Now both our boys are in college. We are empty nesters. We became empty nesters this past summer. And our friends have only, our children, sorry, have only Indian friends. So which is like so strange. We tried our level best to connect them to Indian folks, but it never happened because the cities we lived in were pretty small other than Atlanta, I would say. But uh, so we just uh, landed up uh, Like the kids now have all Indian friends. And when they take all these Indian names, it's so strange. Like I've never heard them having Indian friends all their life. And um, I'm thinking like for me, I think being in the schooling uh, line was really easy. My holidays were the same as the children. I would take the boys to India every year for two months. I would spend a month with Nitin's family, a month with uh, my my parents. And I think... That really helped us. Nathan was very busy till he he got into consulting too. He was, I think I would say for maybe like 10 years, he was always gone. So I was pretty much on my own with the boys. I used to do a lot of activities together. We were always busy. We had our own life. And then finally, when we moved to Des Moines, it was really strange because Nathan would come home every day and we were not used to that. So that was quite an adjustment to get used to Nathan coming home every evening and we all having dinner together. And now it's been great. The boys have gone. We are having, we are enjoying ourselves. We Life is different. It's been fun. And that's what I can say. I'm, I'm not teaching anymore. I just uh, kind of quit my teaching job. I'm trying to figure out something else to do. So hopefully soon.
1: Can I?
0: Very, very interesting.
1: I'm just very curious, Karishma. And that's a very different experience. Like a lot of our friends have worked in corporate America, but teaching is it's in some ways almost a noble profession. But yeah, but when you're teaching and the kids are from very different culture, like, did you find challenges? And, you know, kind of how did you approach those challenges?
3: You know the only the biggest challenge I remember was um, the phonetics. Okay, so coming from India, our V and W is very different. So I remember that used to be I used to really mess up the children initially because I would teach them phonetically some stuff, and my other teacher was like, No, Karishma, it's not. It's supposed to be like this, you know. But otherwise, I would say parents were really they're very open. Like we've lived in very you know, in, like w- white dominated cities. Everybody was very open. There was nothing like you know. Parents were very, uh, they used to like the fact that I was from a different culture and uh, they would, uh, like I, um, there was, I would say it's, it's been pretty good. I would say like parents are very open. They like a teacher from a different culture and everything. And they are very fascinated to to learn more about our culture.
1: That's great. Yeah. Very,
0: very interesting experience, Karishma. And as I said, quite different from ours and really great to hear about. Uh, One thing that I resonate with, and I've talked about this in some previous episodes, is about uh, coming from the Army background, right? So my dad was also in the Army, and perhaps like you, we moved every three years to a new location. And I think that built a muscle that allowed uh, me, and perhaps you, and Nathan, and, and anybody else who has had that background to... Uh, accommodate change and, and maybe change in location, etc., much more easily because we kind of grew <laughs> up having to make friends every three years.
3: I completely agree, Vijay, and I think our children are very blessed too because they have also learned so much from moving around. And uh, I feel you can put them in any place now, and they will, you know, they will. I hope they can adapt well to any city now. So hopefully, yes, I agree. Yeah,
0: it's it's very interesting. There is there is this tension between. Adaptability and also building a community which comes from spending time in a place. I think it sounds like based on what you said Atlanta is where your your tribe is in the US. You you yes. spent nine years there. So that's also important, right? Having a little bit of stability. Like I feel like with Miami days, uh, I had yeah. friends, I still have some, but I never had those long associations, right? They were three years long.
3: <laughs> absolutely i miss that for my children too that i wish they had yes i i know every side has every coin has two sides so yes i know when you're on the other side yes you always feel that but yes i think it just works out in the end
0: yeah yeah, yeah. great hey i'm going to bring in uh, uh, a male speaker now neeraj uh, we couldn't get uh, sonia to join uh, because of some technical issues but uh, we still want to hear a little bit about her experience so neeraj uh, if you can talk for a few minutes about at least uh, representing Sonia's
5: experience in the U.S., that'd be great, and we'll definitely bring her back in a future episode. Thanks. Yeah, so she couldn't join because of technical difficulties, but listening to Kate Ki Karishma and Swastika, I mean, it's similar and different issues, right? So when Sonia came to U.S. after marriage, she she came on h 4 v and she was already working in india she was a banker in india she was independent her mom had passed away in 93 or 94 uh, at very young at very young age of sonia so that way she was pretty independent she comes to us on h4 visa and that was the biggest challenge she had she could not work for several years until we got our green card when during that process we had two children uh, our son was born in 2005, and our green card came just before our daughter was born. But by then, she had got into the taking care of the children, and with the second one on the way, and having a gap of five years for not working, it was very difficult to enter the employment market. Uh, there was a gap in experience, that you were not used to it. And those five years were very, very strenuous on her. She was not happy being in U.S. She just wanted to go back to India. She's like, I... I am not an independent person, though she learned to drive within a year and she got her license. And I think that uh, somebody was, Swastika or Ketki was mentioning that she, she had the waiting period. But those were really uh, stressful times for her not to be able to do anything uh, of her own choice other than just sit home and what She's not even to TV. But as the children were born and they started going to the preschool, she started volunteering at the preschool and that went on for a while. Within few years, we moved to Florida. The same issue. We had a new place. You know, picking up a job is not easy if you have not worked for now almost ten years, and you have two children and two children in tow. So, however, coming to Florida, there was a lot of good and negative, bad, in the sense that she became a little bit more open. She started socializing more. Uh, not that she was not social at all. She was actually we, uh, we were very social in Virginia and to Karishma's point, we still call Richmond our home, right? We, that's where we were when she came when we were married. That's where we had both our children. Uh, unfortunately, the friends back in Richmond have scattered all over U.S. too. So if you go back to Richmond, there's maybe like four or five friends left. The whole gang has split into different parts of the United States. So for us, uh, the biggest challenge for her was not able to work. Now, Fast forward, she's a full-time realtor, she's a full-time socialist, she's got like all this uh, uh, Rotary Club, Chamber of Commerce, and I don't even know how many charity boards she, she's on, and she's always running around doing things, and she's a full, fully busy mom, plus her own business, plus her own charities to handle with. So she's pretty happy now. Now she doesn't want to go back to U- uh, India, not because anything wrong with India, because now she has built her own life around here. Now for her, new home has become Florida. Uh,
0: thanks, Neeraj. That that was very helpful. And I think, very again, very different experience. And it truly, uh, it is painful when you sort of come in on the H4 visa or something similar and don't have the freedom to go and find a job and stuff like that. I think Sonia has done amazingly in the last few years sounds like you guys have now built your community in florida i am i'm there pretty often now so i get to see you guys and it's really great to see uh, you know you both look really happy and looks like uh, lots of good things happening there uh, i'm going to give vishwas a moment also vishwas i know we couldn't get swati to join us today but uh, maybe tell us a little you guys uh, uh, in previous episodes you talked about how you spent time in europe etc maybe you can give a little bit of uh, insight into how her experience was through those uh, journeys
4: yeah ajay uh, like you were saying, you got to know, uh, you know, some things, uh, for the first time when Katie was speaking, maybe I could have got to know my wife better as well, <laughs> but, uh, uh, well, on a more serious note, uh, yeah, so we were in Germany for a year and that was in 2006. Um, that was after I had uh, finished my MBA from INSEAD and, uh, uh, it was, uh, a, a, a bit of a struggle partly because uh, the German school system was, uh, well, it was in German, and uh, the the system is such that in the beginning, uh, early in, in the school, students have a test, and that test basically decides your career. And that is around the sixth to seventh grade. So that was a very strange system for us. Uh, <coughs> because that was one thing. And the second one was that the schooling system was a little behind India in terms of the coverage. So if we were going to stay there for very long, then uh, uh, a few years, then then we would uh, find it more difficult to return. So that was, uh, uh, you know, a very different take compared to some of the experiences you had as it happened, we returned uh, to India, uh, partly because of this. And uh, that was in 2007. And uh, I, I think uh, Swati was uh, quite happy that uh, the kids started going to a school where she was you know, so much more in control of the language. So Europe was uh, a big language challenge for us. I used to work in German uh, in BSF when I was there in Germany. Uh, but uh, it was uh, that additional dimension of struggle for Swati and uh, our elder son who was trying to acclimatize to the German language at that time. So that was, uh, you know, uh, the highlight of our uh, being there. But uh, on the positive side, Germany was a beautiful country. And uh, I've lived in U.S. for for. Uh, 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 A few years and uh, in comparison to uh, U.S., I think U.S. is probably the place where we can most easily settle down. Maybe U.K. will give a a competition to U.S. because U.K. has an easier uh, immigration system. U.S. immigration is is largely broken. But uh, if you set that aside, the U.S. is probably the place where people will find it easiest to to uh, down roots. Germany was also uh, very good in terms of the immigration because uh, uh, the way this works is that if the company wants you, they'll make it happen for you, and uh, they will, uh, you know. So, for example, B.S.F. provided us with a person who they called a partner. Now everything related to your settling down is uh is uh, is something that she helps with and uh, that includes making sure that you get your work permit and your uh, resident permit and uh, unlike in US the immigration system is very local in germany so the companies have a connect with the local immigration authorities and they direct your immigration request to the people who they are uh, most you know the best connected with and that makes sure that your immigration flies through your your application flies through the system so there is in general not really a lot of challenge on that side but uh, but language uh, was uh, a, a pretty strong challenge. And otherwise, but otherwise, Germany is a is a beautiful country. It's uh, it's uh, also not very difficult to settle down other than the language.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I resonate with the beautiful beauty of Germany. I've been there many times for work in the past uh, and always enjoyed it. A lot of history uh, and people in general have been very welcoming of immigrants. But you do bring a point that's important language can be such an important layer in this whole process of relocating right i mean it's so easy to go to the uk and the us uh, because all of us grew up uh, speaking english fairly fluently and that made it very very easy uh, that additional language barrier is hard i mean we were when we were in bangalore kids were talking about it our kids went to an international school and we would see these uh, kids come from europe uh, and you know the instruction was in english and it was sink or swim uh, they came as expats and these kids only spoke french or german or whatever and it was amazing to see at that age it's much easier i think they figure it out but in a year to see these kids transform but the beginning struggles are so hard so i can understand that
2: hey uh, i
0: want to i think you've gone quite a bit so i want to start winding down but i have one last question for uh, the three of you uh, swastika karishma and Kitki. Uh, it's a question that we've asked in prior episodes because it sort of defines the diaspora experience uh when you think about today when you think about home and where you feel home is uh where is home for you what is it you know it, it can be very confusing when you uh, <laughs> sort of jump around countries but Sostika, maybe you start uh where is home for you? you know what feels like
2: yeah i think so uh uk is my home london is my home now uh i I go back. I often go back to India, and uh, you know, maybe twice or thrice, work-wise, family-wise. You know, I'm, I'm I generally uh, travel to India very often, and I think so. I find myself each time I travel to India, I'm finding it a little difficult to, uh, uh, you know, see myself settling down. Um, uh, I think so. It's it's more to do with the the systems, the way the society works there uh and of course the healthcare, and i don't know it's just uh, i'm i'm i think so i'm i'm i think london is my home now uh and vijay just to uh you know i just wanted to highlight one more challenge which is very specific to me actually so i thought let me just talk about that i'll just take less than a minute um so everybody else will also have a chance to uh, talk Um uh, so uh it's about my name actually i it was for the first time it hit me when i moved to uk that there is so much sensitivity which is around my name uh, so um, my mother who kept my name you know she she never thought about me like she never thought that i would be uh, living in west even leave apart staying uh, living in uk and me working in a leading british bank here so you see um uh i think so this was something which which i encountered when i moved to uk and uh, that my name has a lot of sensitivity involved uh uh bearing the because of the similarity of certain uh, german signs and you know so i think so that is something another challenge which is very specific to me which i encountered here and i thought i'll just share it with you
0: that is so fascinating. And, you know, uh, Shashi and I in the group have talked about this in the past, that, you know, culture uh, is so different in different parts of the world and connotations are so different. And, you know, uh, I, I, I also learned that as you have educated the people around you on, you know, the importance of, of your name and the symbol for Hinduism and, you know, how historical and how I mean, it comes from, uh, you know, millennia, it's uh, it's it's a really interesting challenge to face, and I I I, I hope that uh, things are uh, okay in your workplace now. But it's really a uh, it just shows how when you sort of travel the world and mix cultures, you can encounter things which you never imagined you would, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, I mean, so then you you also learn how to face it and how you. Uh, I mean, say, this has also been, uh, uh I mean, so making others learn about uh, these things and, and learning for me as well as to how to deal with the situation. This is also both ways it goes. And no, I don't f- face uh, this challenge now, but I, I mean, say, it's not a challenge, but it's sometimes I encounter that and then I have to deal with that. And it is there, you know, it is there. And then you have to just affront it and just deal with it. And, uh, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes. I've been called with abbreviated name, sometimes shortened name, sometimes no name. And, you know, it can be anything. <laughs> so, but it's, uh, but, but yeah, that's how you deal with it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's all okay. It's just that I just wanted to highlight. Somebody said that I want to just call you with your surname and not with your first name. And some sets with, uh, with SV and, you know, I go with Swas. Uh, you know, a lot of different names, you know. I, people Very don't want nice to name. say the full name, you know, so. Yeah, but but yeah, I mean, it's so, so far so good. It's not been something somebody has been very rude to me. But this is something you could, the moment you I tell my name, you can see the face how it it takes it, you know. So you, it's very obvious how somebody is taking. And then you, you know, you start. Then you 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 address that situation. Then you know, I, I mean, so far it has been okay. You know, it's not been bad. But but this is something that you know uh you know I, I i even in uh taking up a small project while i was at lsc i encountered that so you know but i i you never know it, how i'll face in different ways it comes up you know so i thought i'll i'll just uh, uh mention this uh, as a part of this discussion
0: no thank you thank you for sharing yeah. that and and more power yeah. to you you know a lot of people would have just simply gone and changed their name you didn't and you're facing up to it and i think it you know kind of bringing uh uh, knowledge to people who may don't may not understand the history. It's good you are doing the right mm. thing. So, thank you, thank you for sharing that story. So, let me jump to Cape uh, Key. Where is home for you? What feels like home now?
1: Yeah, I kind of alluded to that. We actually had the opportunity to live in India uh, to assess if that could be our home, and that experience of living there. Don't get us wrong; it I wouldn't trade it for anything. I would do it again. Because the kids, the richness of life they experience there and the understanding they have of Indian culture because they lived through it, um, we we couldn't have gotten if we never went there. But it also became very clear that home is Connecticut, home is U.S. Um, I, I want to add one thing, a very fascinating um, story about your name, Swastika. Um, I have a friend, Caucasian friend who went to the Indian grocery store here around Diwali time and actually saw some of those swastikas, you know, how during Diwali, you have all sorts of, uh, decorative stuff and there were swastikas there of different, uh, red colored stuff for decoration. And she texted me from there saying, I'm very offended to see this in your Indian store. Why is it here? And then, you know, I only had to explain once to somebody like, oh, it's really not related to what you think. This is much more of a Hinduism thing. And I can only imagine you kind of day in and day out every time you meet a new person having to explain that context. So more power to you. And thank you very much for uh, inviting me to this talk today.
2: Yeah,
0: don't, don't go too far. We might have you back. So. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Kitki. And Karishma. Uh, I think you talked a little bit about it too, but uh, just uh, concluding with. Uh... Uh,
3: I always wanted to live in India. My thing with Nitin when we got married was that I hope we can go back to India someday. We Nitin did get an opportunity. Unfortunately, it didn't pan out. So we never, India never happened for us, like living wise. But I have to say after whichever city I go to, I feel it's home for me. So right now I would say Scottsdale is home for me
0: nice thanks karishma i think we've talked about this in our podcast and you know i think my uh, take and i think some of the others is that you know we really only after leaving college and having built a life in adulthood in other parts of the world that starts feeling like home because that's when you really had to do something where you made decisions And, and as you stay longer and longer in some place you kind of become that place so uh, great to hear all your insights. Thank you so much. This was an amazing episode, uh, and it doesn't look like we're done. We just scratched the surface here, so we'll probably have you guys back for multiple episodes to explore some topics of interest here to the diaspora. But once again, thank you so much, Ketki, Swastika, and Karishma for joining us today. And uh, signing off with my co-host, Shashi Neeraj Vishwas, this is Vijay. Uh, another great episode today of the Indian Diaspora podcast, and we'll be back in a week to talk about something else
2: interesting. So, till then,
0: take care.